Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast, it's brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us for yet another episode today. Um, we're going to dive into a really kind of a brand new topic, something that we haven't covered in detail yet, and that is photographing LGBTQ weddings. And uh, I have the wonderful privilege of having Bobby Brinkman with me today, who's going to help kind of walk us through a very loaded topic and, and uh, one that we'll probably only be able to touch on uh, at least the, the, the basics today. But Bobby, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a great privilege to be here to speak with you. I follow you and all the wonderful things you're doing. It's great. Well, and we're going to get to that that big topic here in just a little bit. But as we normally do at the Boca Podcast, we're going to talk about a technique for time or a tool for time. I'm curious, Bobby, you as a business owner and for quite some time, we'll, we'll talk about your the history of your business here in just a little bit. But what's something that enables you to create even a little bit of space, a little bit of time for yourself on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis? It's all about scheduling. You know, I, I've been very blessed in my career to uh, book anywhere from 18 to two years out. So we take the calendar at the beginning of the year and any holidays we want off, vacation. And then I stick to that Sunday and Wednesday as my days off. Peak season, spring weddings where I am destination wedding and fall are busy. So sometimes those have to fluctuate because guests are flying in or clumbles are coming into the area to check on wedding planning. So I'll need to do an engagement session, but it is on our schedule and on my Google calendar and everything that Wednesdays are my day off. And we try to educate the brides and vendors along that way. And it seems to work because somebody will send an email saying, Hey, I know you guys are off today, but when you get back, can I, can you get this question to me? So we've just integrated that. And if, whether I'm doing anything at all, even if I'm working and I choose to work editing or something, that's still my day off. I'm not having that face to face or in heavy conversation with weddings or photography, I'm actually just taking the day off. So we try to keep Sundays and Wednesdays and we schedule it. And that seems to have worked. And it's wrote, when it's wrote down, I seem to do it. I love this for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, it, this has been a theme on the podcast as of late. Guests that we've had on have talked about the significance of just the simple notion of scheduling, being proactive and scheduling their calendar. Um, that's what enables them to be able to create space for themselves. If we constantly react to whatever's going on around us as business owners, it's going to be easy to just get covered up and and not have the freedom, the flexibility that we can have. So I love it. I, I love the proactivity innate to your approach to this. But I also find it really interesting that you talk about Wednesdays off. I don't think I've ever heard of a photographer taking Wednesdays, specifically Wednesdays off. What was behind that decision? Well, Fridays, I, I, when I go into a wedding, uh, we, do, we have either weddings Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We do a lot of weekday weddings, but just taking the core of the average wedding photographer, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Fridays, I'm prepping. Um, Saturdays, I'm, I'm busy. Sunday is downloading and everything done. I come back on Monday. I want to finish everything that I just did. I want to do final emails. And I know in just our process, I send out, thank you for working with us follow-up emails, 90% of the wedding vendors that I reach out to that I work with are off on Monday. I get the, hey, we're out because they worked on Saturday or Sunday. Since it's my shingle on the door, I answer to myself, I can choose a day. So Wednesdays got me past the rush of the weekend we just did, and I didn't have to worry too much about the weekend coming up. So Wednesdays, right smack dab in the middle, seems to give me where I feel, hey, look, I've done all that for that weekend, and I'm going to gear up tomorrow for this one. So I can actually breathe and, and literally maybe not have a camera in my hand at all. Maybe not even turn on a computer or do Instagram or do any social media. I can be on my bike, be on the beach, take a walk, go to a movie and not and know that my business has been built enough on a foundation that it's running while I stepped away. I love it. Uh, and by the way, I, I love how articulate you are and, and the way that you communicate these ideas. You've obviously, I mean, as we talked about, you've been doing this for a little while, but it, it's there is something to be said for understanding why you do what you do, being very proactive in the way that you run your business and ultimately that you schedule 
your life because it makes all the difference in the world as to how free, how flexible you can be as a business owner. So this has been a wonderful start to the conversation. You already kind of alluded to this, but how do you like to spend that free time? You mentioned the beach. Whereabouts are you based? I'm St. Simon's Island, Georgia. So a beautiful 16-mile island down here in coastal Georgia. Yes, Georgia does have a beach. <laughs> the Bear Island, uh, where, where you know, you turn on HDTV of the Food Network, and it seems that St. Simon is featured on there at least once a month for house hunters or yeah. come and try the food. So uh, it's great. It's, it's a, definitely a coastal community. It's a very creative community. I do a lot of weddings here, so we have a lot of resorts here. But uh, I can get on my bike, and it's, it's I'm very blessed to live where people vacation, as they say. So uh, I get on my bike almost every day and, and ride down to the beach and kind of hang out. And it's, uh, it's a great way after heavy, stressful wedding weekends to, to just mellow. And, and again, just to be where it's warm but not super hot and uh, minus some hurricanes here lately that have hit us a couple years in a row. It's just a way of life, and it's, it's, it's great. That's what I do. Um, I, you know, I pack up and travel a little bit once in a while. I do take all of July off. I schedule that in advance. Being in a tourist area on the East Coast like this, it's full of tourists and it's just harder. It's just hard for brides to come down. It's extra crowded. So I pack myself pretty full at the beginning in the fall and uh, take July off and I'll travel different places, do different things. I might do some, you know, past clients might live in places XYZ and I might photograph their family or something in that section. But other than that, I, I don't take weddings in July and I've been doing that for a couple of years and it seems to break up my year very well. Yeah. And we've trained our clients and pretty much one or two people might ask, but most people don't even inquire because they just kind of know the answer is going to be no booked, not going booked for myself. I love it. I love it. And again, that proactive idea of scheduling in advance, scheduling the right. time off in advance and making that a priority. It's so, so important. What's something kind of random that most people may not know about you? Oh, I think people that, that know me a little bit know that I started my career as a uh, sports photographer, but it, it's definitely new to other people when brides and grooms find out. It seems grooms find out faster uh, about my background. Uh, you can Google and find out some sports photos come up that have my name on it. And having the name Bobby, B-O-B-B-I, is a, it's pretty easy to figure that must be me. So I started doing sports photography and I would continue being a sports photographer. I kind of, at the age where... I uh, didn't make the pro softball team for the Olympics. It kind of aged, wasn't really right there yet. I was just a little bit older than when it was started and uh, got invited to be an alter- uh, alternate on the Olympic team. How cool. And then hockey is uh, another sport that I that I play and love, and um, the women's hockey program is still trying to develop. So I figured if I can't be part of the sports program and doing things, um, I'll at least get behind the camera and uh, pretty much started my career photographing collegiate pro sports and I'm, I'm very happy right now during the Stanley cup. I've had quite a few of those uh, players in front of my camera at this historic Stanley cup, photographing them when they first started and watching all the parents and the families joy when they, they scored their first goals and everything. And so that's, that's where I started. And that's really how I segue into wedding photography is some of those athletes had entrusted me to photograph their important day. Literally it just snowballed from there. And I found myself falling more in love with, capturing the story because in sports that's what i love the most it's the action reaction um when a person scored a goal or a touchdown or anything like that i would immediately try to find their family or somebody and get the oh my gosh i look how happy i am oh yeah and i found that with weddings so it does coincide like for every action and a tear there's somebody else crying a happy tear or a sad tear or just a joy of what's happening interesting they both tell still stories and so it's, it kind of worked out good for me. Um, I still get to do some sports things once in a while, but uh, I don't play anything anymore. So that's that's one of the things that as people find out about me and they realize, they're like, wow, okay, that's that's a tidbit to have. Well, and you mentioned an interesting point. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that transition into wedding photography, but there's, there's an interesting uh, – idea here that I think is really important for all of our listeners, and that is the action reaction. So for every moment that happens, there's somebody responding to that. And I know this is something that you alluded to before we started recording was the fact that um, you were used to, at least in the past, photographing on your own. So how do you effectively capture the action and the reaction? Um, One is because I'm very comfortable with my camera. I'm by far never going to be the best photographer in the world. I'm never going to be in a list of the top 100 artists, but I know my camera and it may not be technically correct. 
other people looking into it may say, oh my gosh, F stop should have been this or this. But I know enough about human people and what's going to happen in the wedding world doing it this long now. I can anticipate when, honest to gosh, those authentic moments are going to happen. So I can kind of be in between. I'm also somebody who's not afraid of zoom lenses. I don't just haul prime lenses. I know how to use my legs to get where I need to be and pivoting from right up where somebody's doing the toast, maybe turning around, getting the parents' reaction. I position myself in that spot that's going to tell the story before it tells the technical aspect of that photo. I want the photos to tell the story. Yeah. Maybe even be a little out of focus if they have to be, if somebody's hugging or laughing, because I'm about that authentic moment in that story. Because looking back on it, all those guests and the parents, they're not going to go, oh my gosh, it's a tad out of focus. They're going to say, look at that Aunt Susie laughing, or here's grandpa giving a hug. And so that's what I concentrate more on, putting myself in that position and just kind of getting to know these families and these, my couples over a course of a year, I know their story. I know who's important to them. I ask those questions. So I kind of know where to be and what, what and let it happen authentically and do my best to get that caption on film. Well, you know, something that I've been talking about recently, uh, at, well, not even recently, for a little while now on the podcast is the significance of the experience that we create for our clients and how that differentiates us as so-called professional photographers from those who can take a decent picture. Because, you know, again, with technology that we have now, even on our phones, we can pretty much all take a decent picture. But we have to figure out ways to separate then ourselves from the consumer who has the technology to take a decent image. And not only in the experience that we create for them as a business, but I think this is another differentiating factor, the ability to be able to effectively tell a story, to, to know, to be able to read the moment, to capture, in order to be able to capture both the action, as you said, and the reaction. It's really, really important. And I can imagine that repetition is really what leads to an ability to be able to capture these moments, right? Exactly. And, you know, those of us that are in the industry, and whether you're a florist or a, a planner, we know that every wedding has these key moments. This is going to happen at this time. This is going to happen. The guests and the bridal party and even the bride and groom or the groom and groom and bride and bride, they're, they don't know. They may have not been to enough weddings. But we know that there are things that are going to happen. So as photographers, we have to be ready for those moments when they happen. And if you know your camera and you know what you're doing, you shouldn't need to be looking at the back of the camera checking all the time. You should just be able to shoot. I mean, think about this. We did this before film cameras came along. Now we're, we want to look at the back of cameras so we have it right. When we were shooting film, and I know film is making a big comeback now, we were had to trust our instinct and our gut. And you have to know what you're doing. And I want people, when they look at these photos, to see, oh, my gosh, this photographer actually knows these people. This photographer, did my emotion that I captured the film with, I want that to come through as much as them. I want people to actually know that I fell in love with everybody in front of my camera. And when you look back at these photos, it's going to be about who's there. You, you know that as a photographer yourself, that everybody looks at a photo and has three different stories. You took that photo. You know what the story was. But when Aunt Martha looks at her, our, our cousin Susie, they're going to tell you a whole different story, even though it's the same exact photo. Yeah. So our job is to capture... We're the historians for the day. Our job is to capture what's there. In the wedding industry, every one of us plays a part, and every one of us is vital. And what we do as wedding professionals matter. No matter what category you fall in, people are inviting us into a very private moment of their life, and they've hired professionals to do so. And at the end of it, I don't need to be your best drinking buddy, but at the end, I want you to know that I want to know what happens to you a couple years from now. Please stay in touch because – you invited me here for the start of your life story and your love story of this chapter. And the photos that I take are the first part of your of your family history. And that's our obligation. And, and from my point of view, that's my honor and my privilege. And that's what I want to do for every client is to get them the things that a cell phone could get up and catch that walk down the aisle or a cell phone can get up and maybe get that kiss. But it's as photographers, and again, you know this, you snap the first picture, that may not be the one. But if you hang with it and stay with it, picture two, three, and four that you snap are going to tell more of the story than picture number one and picture number four. Right. So if you follow through and stay with it, you're going to get some really great authentic moments that tells a couple's love story. 
And and I love the emphasis that you put on the client. Uh, and this is something we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail here when we when we discuss your website, uh, because you and I, again, had some interesting discussion before we started recording about that. But I love the emphasis on the client, the focus being on the client, not about you, not about how you feel, but ultimately about what you're doing for the sake of the client. Right. And, and putting so much emphasis and, and focus on that means that the client again, has a better experience. And then, of course, your sensitivity to the moment enables you to be able to more effectively tell a story. Uh, and, you know, the notion of a story or an authentic story is, it may sound cliche because the phrase is thrown around a lot, but I, as I'm listening to you talk here, I'm realizing a, more and more the significance of our ability to be able to tell stories uh, and that it's going to enable us to, to set our brand and our uh, our business apart from the consumer's ability, as you said, to be able to step up and take a picture with a cell phone, any and everybody can do that. We're the ones that should be able to tell a story more effectively and ultimately more beautifully. And, and that's what will help set us apart. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad that you, you make that point. I'm curious what, if you were to describe your photography business's brand position or what sets you apart from other photographers in your market, how would you describe that? It is definitely that I listen and that I definitely want to know who you are. Um, I asked so much about the client that there are a couple of There's a couple times that couples have said to me, can we now talk about photography? Because I want to get to understand how they got to this chapter of wedding planning. You know, what brought them here? I sincerely want to know why they chose Savannah or Hilton Head or Chicago. What about you two are going to resemble in your wedding day so that my service can best showcase you guys in that way? Yes, you're going to get dressed up. You might go to a different venue that you've never been at. Those are going to be the backdrops. I'm definitely a people photographer. I will capture your mason jars. I will capture your chandeliers. If you pay for it, I'll photograph it. That's a phrase I throw around a lot. But that's going to be backdrops to the story. I want to capture the people who you are, the people are there to celebrate you, because without these people, you wouldn't have probably got to this stage. So I set myself up and the branding is is I'm real. This is me. It is not, I'm not going to shoot like Studio XYZ. Um, I'm not going to shoot like that magazine that you just see. Heck, I'm not going to be your Pinterest friend because I want people to be themselves. And that has served me for 30 plus years that if you allow us to tell me, if you allow, if you allow yourself to let me know who you are, then my photo is going to be really authentic and really true. And you're going to shine through. And then let's now take it a step further and let's find a wedding day team that feels the same way that aren't all about, I'm only going to take this wedding if it ends up in magazine A, B, and C. And I am by all means not trashing anybody for style shoots or saying anything negative about that. But there is so much more than just taking a pretty picture. And if the couples believe and can see that you passionately care for them they will open up and just be themselves because they're not constantly having to stop and be, hey, look over here, look over here. They get to just be them, silly faces and all. And as that story unfolds, then I can deliver a collection of wedding photos that they actually recognize that they're theirs and that, hey, I see myself in that. That's exactly who I was and how I felt. Thank you for doing that. So that's my brand has always just been, it's me. It's not about me. How can I, how can I service you? Tell me your story, and then let's work together and create a story in photos that you can take on as your family history. Well, and, and this brings up the conversation that I alluded to just a second ago regarding your website. Because if I go to your website, uh, you actually pointed out to me the fact that not every picture on your website or even your Instagram feed has the same feel. You know, some photographers, they... they have a particular style in mind. And when I say style, I mean, like, as you said earlier, Bobby, light and airy or maybe dark and moody or whatever it might be. They're using a particular film preset or something else. They have a, a theme. You don't necessarily have a theme in your photography. You're photographing for the client for the day. You want the photography to certainly tell the story of that client, but also to reflect the atmosphere of that individual day. And if you go to Bobby's site, by the way, for those of you listening in, you can go to Bobby, B-O-B-B-I, Brinkman, B-R-I, I-N-K-M-A-N, photography.com. Can you comment a little bit, Bobby, on that that approach, that mentality when it comes to the so-called style of your images? Sure, absolutely. They're authentic. They Again, I will allude back to I will never be on the top 100 list of photographers. That has never been my goal. Happy clients are my goal, and I love what I do. And when you come to the site, 
keep in mind that brides are coming to your site or grooms are coming to your site or parents are coming to your site. Yes, photographers and other vendors come to your site, but the site needs to reflect who you want to hire and who wants to hire you. So if I have a really bright and airy beach day, those wedding samples come across there. If it's a really cloudy day and you might see a stroke of light behind it, it's going to be dark. I'm not going to alter that. I'm not going to change that. So I'm not going to have my Instagram site does not have every single square all looking alike. It doesn't follow a big brand. It follows the brand of this is what Bobby Ring Photography does. If you're getting married, we're going to show your story authentically. We're going to capture your day as it unfolds, as it happens. So nothing matches. Nothing follows trends per se. And when brides come to our site and, and, we're getting ready to change sites a little bit. We're uh, moving to a Show It site, a little plugged in for Show It. We've been with uh, Blue Domain for over 15 years now, and uh, it's time to change. Not for any other reason except I'm kind of tired of looking at it. I change the photos on that website every time I get something new, every time I get something that I like. I also change it for seasons. If I know that right now brides are booking for fall, I'm going to have a lot more fall weddings on the front end of the site. In the springtime, I'll change that to when spring and summer brides are looking. It's there for brides to come and look. And when they come to visit, they're coming for the first time. Yes, they hopefully they come back and check two or three times and then hit the you know book button. But when everybody else comes and looks around, I want it to be what a bride wants to see and what a couple wants to see. And, and I want you to come and look at this and say, hey, look, she actually likes your clients. People are laughing. They don't look too stiff. They don't look too formal. They're having a good time. And that's what I want to show. It shows a variety of, of, of rain, thunder, sometimes cloudy. That's what I want people to see. And when I, I always try to tell photographers, when you're setting up your website, worry about that it's booking clients that you want to work with so that the right client can find you. Don't worry that it may not be following a trend or that some other photographer is going to come in and say, hey, man, if you would have cropped that two-thirds to the light or where's the rule of thirds or, wow, that's definitely underexposed. If that's what that client's story was about and you've done that job, that client's going to bring you more work, more than somebody coming to your site and critiquing it. So I always try to stress to photographers, be true to who you are and how you want to shoot. And so that that way you're doing your job on that day and the clients get who they saw on the website and who they talked to on the phone. And when you deliver the images, it's going to be exactly what they saw. I mean, I've sadly heard some horror stories um, about photographers delivering work and the clients are like, that looks nothing like what your website was because now they decided to use a new preset or they decided to edit it differently. And the client's story was still the story, but now you want to put a really light and airy or a cigar stain on there. The client is so confused because that's not how they saw their day. And on the upside for photographers and vendors, when you photograph a room and it looks a little empty or it doesn't look like it has tons and tons of floral, but in that couple's mind, they had so many florals, they didn't know what to do. Our job, as I said earlier, we're historians. I'm capturing the who, what, where, when, and why. And if that room looked that way and the florist did their best job and it's lit to the lit to high heaven and it looks everything that clients in their minds saw, then they get the photos back. They want to still see everything they saw in their minds. And if we go changing or adding photos or adding lighting or or changing the preset, now the bride and groom don't even recognize their own reception or their own wedding day. So be true to yourself. And to do that, these way to do that is on you know your website and now with social media. Put up there what you like showing. I put up a lot of candidates. I put up a lot of authentic moments because that's what I want to do and that's what I strive for. And that's why... The power of photography is so important to me because it's these moments that we capture now that are going to be just cherished. If you think about it, Nathan, we're the only we're the only vendor through the wedding day process that our product actually becomes more valuable as time goes on. The rings may go up and down if they're gold, you may even lose them. But the flowers are done, the cakes are on. You hear it all the time. I know it's cliche to say all you have left is photos, but that is the truth. What you have, our, what we do, our products and our services, is the only thing in a wedding that will actually gain in value as time goes on. So do it truthfully. Do it with care. Do it with love. Do it with passion. Throw your heart into it, and your clients will have something to remember all day, and so will everybody else when they come back to look at And when the great-grandkids come back and look at that, yes, where were those dresses? Oh, my gosh, you look silly, Grandma. Where were those flowers? It's all there, and it's all authentic. 
And then the bottom line of that story is, but here's the couple and look who they are. And when somebody says, why did you get married? It's going to show in those photos. This is why. Look at how we look at each other. And we're still doing it today. Well, and, and on a slightly humorous or maybe not so humorous note, I mean, those those photos will grow in value if we are, uh, I guess, self-aware enough not to apply some weird preset that happens to be trendy Right. You know, in three years is going to look absolutely ridiculous. And I think I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but I still remember one day looking through an album that was sitting in my showroom, if you will, the office that where I'd meet with clients, opening up this album and starting to flip through. It was an engagement album on which I had applied uh, a number of maybe even to all of the images, this kind of um, cross processed. Uh, effect to the images, uh, Lomo effect. This was something that was popular years ago with with a really strong vignette, and it just looked absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm scrolling, I'm, I'm going through this through these pages and just asking myself, you know, what in the world was I thinking, basically? Right. And the last thing that we want is for our clients to face that that particular scenario, looking through these right. images and and just you know mouths open, what, thinking, what in the world? Well, you know, and I've been around long enough that I can remember people, you know, putting your headshots in a brandy glass. You know, the brandy glass would be there. <laughs> yeah. in the dark room and you go, here's the brandy glass I took a picture of. Now, yeah. where, where you got the brandy glass, who knows? And now let's put, or, or you know, seriousness aside, the owl shot at the church and then you looking down on it like you're yep. looking from heaven. You know, those are things that, you know, I can tell you that we don't do and, and I don't get people to ask me for that, but it has been around. We all know the hand touching and the hand coloring. And that's the thing I think what's good with, with your company photographers, with the editing service that you provide, I think you have people there that can say, here's something we can help you with, but keep in mind, if we apply this preset, what will it look like 10 years from now? So, you know, that's the thing when you get editors that are outsourcing that can help you stay, hey, look, your pictures look great like this. We think it just needs a little bit of this, this, and this, and let us take that stress off you and help you. But let's keep the photo true to the story and to the identity of the couple. Well, and it's interesting that you use the word stress there because I, I was thinking about that earlier. And I, you know, there's so much emphasis put in in the photo industry right now on what other photographers think about your website and what other photographers think about your Instagram feed, versus as you have so obviously done and and obviously have created a business as a result that has been successful thirty plus years. We instead of making it about the client, it becomes about the photographer and and right. your photographer friends' opinions, and right. and it causes as a result undue stress to the photographer, uh, overthinking what they're putting on their site, what they're putting on their Instagram feed for the sake of their photographer friends' opinions. Exactly. And we're all business owners. And so why on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when you have a wedding, when you actually get to be the photographer, when you actually get to do what you love to do, do you want to sit here and go, oh my gosh, on Friday, let me Google the 15 newest trends, or here's a mush shot photo that I want to try. I, you know, and again, I'm not knocking anybody, but I'm not going to set up 19 strobes and have somebody throw a hose on these so I can say that I captured a fake rainfall just because of what, not great. If that, if your client is that, Hey, let me go on a mountain and let me climb down the side. Then you're being true to that client. Right. But for the most part, these couples want to enjoy their day. And it's not about the rock store photos that I can take. Most of these people, when they go to your website, fall in love with what they see. But the most important thing is they need to be able to see themselves in front of your lens. They need to say, I get comments all the time. I don't have the skinny brides. I have African-American brides. I have same-sex brides. You don't just see a cookie-cutter bride that I have here because I want to be a photographer for a variety of people. And once I hear your story, then let's make sure we are a good match so that we can then work to create something together. And, and again, 37 years I've been doing this, and I just, I've, I'm, I'm not going to wait around for a photographer to say, hey, man, you suck, or hey, that's great. And if you copy me, you copy me. If you don't, you don't. The bottom line is 37 years later, I still do 50 plus weddings and clients still like what I do. And I still thoroughly love what I do. And this is the way that I know how to do it. I don't know how to be somebody else. So I'm not going to try to follow something else. And Instagram is all new and it's all here. I'm still going to put up the photos that I love from that day that tell the story. And the, sh the good thing about social media is the clients get a little bit of a shout out and they get to relive their day. And other people get to see it. And we all know that that's fun for the client. But for me, it's about, hey, this is one of the moments I love for your day. You're talking to your grandmother. Here it is.
Well, you're again, this, this word authentic or authenticity seems almost cliche these days because it's thrown around so much, but I have to give you props for being just that and um, being consistent and ultimately focusing on the client. And I I don't think there's enough emphasis put there these days. And I think it's a good lesson for all of us. It'll Uh, make your life easier and funner if you kind of just do what you like to do and not worry so much about everybody else. I mean, it's, but sadly, that's how we live on anything, whether it's a Big Mac or what clothes you're going to wear. It's just, that's where we get. But as business, as creative entrepreneurs and business owners, focus on keeping your clients coming. And the easy way to do that is to go to your current clients and say, hey, what can I do? What did I do? And if you just follow that path, you, you can stay busy for a long time. And you can stay doing this as long as you love what you're doing and you're delivering a good brand, a product, an authentic product. People will see that. And yes, I love praise from other photographers and I, I love people talking to me, but I don't do it for the praise and applause. I do it because, man, at the end of the day, you're going to have a great family history. And I'm very honored to have been part of it. That's the power of photography. And that's what my service can be to you. I love it. I love it. What would you say, having been in business for, as you said, 37 years, what would you say is the toughest lesson that you've learned as a business owner so far? My toughest lesson is, is, is the social media aspect and all the new technology that comes up, not photography-wise, but on delivering photos how to get people to look at photos faster, all that side on the business side to keep my photography business running. You know, these, uh, these brides and everybody else was like, I want to see that right now. And, and I can take a photo and I can get it up pretty quick, but it's, it's keeping up with even the process that today is my first time to use zoom. The system that you use is I didn't even know anything about this company, you know? So that's been the hardest thing for me is, Oh my gosh, every time I turn around, there's something new that yeah. can actually enhance my business and help me. I just didn't know it was out there. And again, because I, I kind of just do things. I, I, I like change, but I'm, I'm hard to change because what I'm doing has been working. So if there's something that can help me, help me. But that's the hardest part for me is to learn that if I trust that somebody has something that may work for me and if it works for me, do it. If it doesn't work for me, I can't make it work and it's too much frustration then that frustration will lead to my clients. And then I, I don't want frustration between me and my clients. So I, I try to do what I what I do. So I'm pretty loyal. So when I get with a company, it's like I've been with Shootproof since they were beta. And I, and I know ups and downs and back and forth, but I have no desire to leave because what they offer me services myself and allows me to service my clients. So I think that's the hardest part for me. And, and it's like everybody else will tell you, it's the Monday through Friday. And it's the, it's the taking care of your clients and doing the things that are not photography so that's why I want to do as many things right Monday through Friday. So on the weekend, man, I just get to be a photographer and I don't worry about the office. I don't worry about emails. I don't have to worry about the phone. I get to be behind that camera and capture somebody's moments. And then I'll start all over again on Monday doing the business side of it. Well, it seems like you found a good balance there. Um, you know, whether, whether listeners have been in business for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or they've been in business for two or three years, it's, right. it, it's really the responsibility of all of us to consistently be aware of the ongoing changes in technology and the industry for the sake of our businesses. That's right. absolutely vital. But there's also a detrimental effect that comes from constantly changing, right? So right. we have to kind of find a balance. I think the best way to approach it, or one of the best ways to approach it uh, for those listening in is to take some time, maybe at the end of the year or the beginning of the year when things are a little bit slower, uh, make yourself aware of the various services that have popped up or that have changed the changes in technology and take that opportunity when things are a little bit slower to make changes to your workflow. And then once you get going in that year, I mean, hit April, maybe May, um, changing things up during the busy season isn't isn't the best right. approach. And like you said, what you've done, Bobby, has worked. You've created right. a successful business and it's important to be aware of what is working while simultaneously being aware of the changes that are happening and just making adjustments as you go. I think that's a very, very balanced approach to well, have. And success, the definition of success is different to every single person, but you know, you can have a career in this business. And I sadly, I'm seeing wonderful photographers, amazing photographers being in business in three and four years. And they are literally telling me I am so burnt out. I'm exhausted. Well, they're doing so much more on the outside of photography to have the latest and greatest app are all, and they're all, they're all wonderful. But as an industry, we have to protect this industry in a whole and together we can all rise together. I mean, the industry itself, the wedding industry, photography industry. Now you take the photography industry and we are almost like collapsing up on top of us because 
we're taking so many other things that we're almost getting away from actually taking a photo that's going to mean something. Interesting. Uh, we're so worried about how we're going to get it to that person or where we're going to get it from. Or yeah. I can give you that in two seconds. So it's, I watch these people that are three and four years into this business and they're like, Bobby, I, 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 I'm not paying bills or I'm not making bills. I sit down at the end of each year. I see what subscriptions I have. If I did not use that subscription for the entire year, I cut it. That's how I can cut and save money. It's really easy to say, hey, man, I just heard somebody talk and I love that gadget. Drop $99 a month for it or spend $300 for it. And then I didn't even go back and use it. Yeah, I don't need to use it. So cut that. And I do the same thing you said. I sit down at the end of that year. I see what worked, where my, who sent me people, how I did it. And I trim little things left and right. And I start sometimes, hey, man, I get an extra hundred bucks this going into this final year. I can use that on my day off or I can reinvest that back into my business. But I sit down, you trim it and don't get so wrapped up in just what everybody else is doing. Just do what's going to work for you. And if you have clients and you're booking weddings, you're doing something right. You know, if, if they're calling you or filling out your contact form and you're shooting weddings every week and whether you want to shoot 10 or you want to shoot 100. Whatever your goals are for yourself, if you're meeting those goals, then you're doing something right. So just keep doing that and you you can have a prosperous, successful career long term. Well, and, and I'm glad, too, that you point out something which has been a bit of a theme as well in the podcast as of late, which is the awareness of numbers. At the end of the year, first of all, having a system in place that enables you to track your numbers, income, expenses, right. uh, and look at a profit and loss statement and be aware at the end of the year of where your money has gone and, and what of that money has been spent effectively for the sake of the growth of your business or the success of your business and what hasn't and cutting out what isn't necessary. That's so, so important, but you can't do that unless you're proactively tracking those numbers. So take advantage of, of systems out there like QuickBooks online that enable you to, to look at those numbers, not just for the sake of taxes, paying taxes, but also to proactively uh, manage the finances of your business for the sake of the, the financial health of your business. It's so, so important. So you've had some great product. You've had some great past podcasts just recently that these people can speak to that and they can talk to that. And again, while you're editing, pop these in your ears and listen to these podcasts and listen to what, again, listen to what somebody else is doing and then, Fix it, move it, change it, right. and adjust it for how you're doing. And like I said, you've had some recent financial podcasts on here that have been just great to listen to. And, go, and you feel good about yourself. Hey, man, I'm doing that. That's great. Or I didn't know about that. Take what you can learn from all these people and that they're doing something right. So just take the bits and pieces and don't have to copy verbatim, but take the little bits you have. That's what a, that's what a good recipe is about. All the little ingredients make a great cake at the end of the day. So take all this little stuff and have a great cake and you'll have a successful business. Well, I, this is this has been a really exciting podcast so far. We've covered multiple topics that I think are so important uh, for the sake of our listeners and for the industry. And, and I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom, Bobby. We're going to kind of take a turn now, and, and we're going to dive into a topic, as I alluded to at the very beginning of the podcast, one that we haven't really covered in depth yet, and that is photographing LGBTQ weddings. And, and I really appreciate your willingness to kind of walk us through this. And I'd love for the sake of perspective and context, if you'd share a bit of your experience in photographing these weddings. Oh, sure. And, and, it, and it, again, it's a growing community. LGBTQ weddings, now that we're legal in the United States and other countries now, they're going to start coming get married. They're going to start taking advantage of it. My truest goal is that someday, along with I'm sure everybody else, that we can just call them weddings. I want it to just be a wedding. The labels that we put on, you know, it's one thing to call it a nautical wedding or a beach wedding, but you know, a gay wedding, two brides, two grooms, same sex wedding, gay wedding, LGBT wedding, let's, there's still a wedding. And contrary to popular belief, they still have a lot of the same moving parts that straight, and I'm going to use that word, I don't like a title, but heterosexual couples um, do. It's just the people that are saying I do are from the same sex. So there are a few little things that change based on how they got there. And I can tell you for those of those of you who have been honored and privileged to do same-sex weddings, I, I would take it a task that it's probably been some of the most emotional weddings that you've ever photographed um, because they are very moving. People forget that a lot of the same-sex couples are coming from families that are not going to be present, that may not even be there. They may have got kicked out when they were younger. They have a whole bunch of baggage per se that they bring to a wedding. So the fact that when they finally get to their chance to say I do to the person who's been there with them for a long time and the trials and tribulations, finally being able to say I do and know that it's legal and that it's accepted in this group of people that they're at is something that's just so beautiful and amazing. And 
the guests that are there are there because they support and they love. And it is a different level than just a mom and dad when their son and daughter are getting married. This is a, we went through a lot of trials with you. We went through tribulations. And so these weddings can be very elaborate. They can be very simple, just like straight weddings can be. The difference is you have the same sex. Still walk down the aisle. They still have a lot of the same, quote, traditions that uh, straight weddings have. The difference is being respectful and knowing that their story is going to be a little different how they got there. And I had spoke to uh, you a little bit on a note about, I see a lot of people posting right now saying, man, I'm looking for a same-sex couple. I want to get this for my portfolio. You may have done that with a straight couple, and that may be how you built your portfolio. But in the gay community especially, they don't want you just to have them because it's a trend right now and it's growing in the right direction. They want you to photograph their wedding the same as you do anyone else because you believe in what they're doing and you believe that love is love and that you believe every story needs to be told. So I really want that to be, um, to be thought about from everybody, from photographers to florists to DJs. It's be careful when you post on social media now looking for a same-sex couple to build my portfolio why don't we just say we're looking for couples and then if they accept, accept. One of the easiest ways to let LGBTQ couples know is to get a logo, to get a rainbow logo. There's plenty out there. The Knot has one right now that is LGBTQ friendly. You can go and download that from the, your Knot app. If you're a Knot person, you can, in full disclosure, I am a Knot ambassador, but you can go and download that and you can put that on social media. You can put that on your website all simple little things to let people know that everyone's welcome here. And so that when these clients call, um, they don't have to say, Hey, I want you to know this is the same sex couple, me and my husband or me and my wife. And it doesn't throw you off guard. So the, the more friendly you have your website towards LGBTQ weddings, the, uh, the better will be for them. And the experience for you will be good as well. That's one of the things that is, as you guys want to start doing more weddings and be truly involved in the community, is let them know that you're friendly, let them know you accept them, and then just be prepared to listen to some of the things that they may have to change. We're all rewriting this history too. There's no right way or wrong way to do any wedding as far as I'm concerned, but the gay wedding history is all new too. So every single day, you know, we're writing something different, or I never knew that happened, or I didn't know that was going to be part of it. That still holds true in heterosexual and straight weddings as well. You may not have known look at the jewish traditions are different than some christian traditions so while there are some differences they're pretty much get down the aisle say i do kiss and come back the aisle and go to the party they all still work the same way it's just sometimes they're going to be a lot more emotional and you just have to listen a little easier with why they want to say i do and how they want to say something and make sure that your phrasing is right you know try not to say hey okay so what's the bride and groom's first dance going to be or are you going to dance with your dad? Are you going to dance with your mom? Just remember to be a little more sensitive in situations and uh, try to get your paperwork and your, in your conversation to say, be all inclusive and say bride and bride, groom and groom, or just change and say, you know, client fiance or couple and couple. That's what they want to know. Trust me. They're used to being called bride and groom. They don't want to be asked who's going to be the guy who's going to be the girl. They don't want to be asked. Are you both wearing dresses? Is one wearing a suit? Let them kind of tell you in their story. And if you ask, tell me about your wedding and how you see the day unfolding, let them tell the story. And then you won't be putting yourself in some awkward situations that now you don't know how to scramble out of. And then you make everybody involved feel uncomfortable. If you want to book LGBT same-sex weddings, change your wording up a little bit on your website. Let everybody know that you're inclusive. And by all means, if you have some of those weddings, don't be afraid to show them. And they will earn your trust and you will open the doors for a whole new community to uh, keep your business running. They are in it for, you know, they want you to service them. They want you to sell them the same product that you're selling your straight couples. And yes, it's another, it's another avenue of, of income streaming for small creative businesses, but it, you shouldn't go out looking for it just because you want to have one for your portfolio to prove a point. You should really be going at it because you love weddings in general, just like you do your straight weddings. Wow. Uh, well, okay. So there's so many different kind of follow-up questions and points that, that, that I want to get into here. And, and right, I appreciate I'm sorry about that. <laughs> not, no, 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 this is good actually. Um, because you, you really launched it. You gave us a lot of information all up front. And so I want to ask some follow-up questions, but before I do that, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on something because you made a really interesting point at the beginning 
which I, I want to follow up on, and that is the significance of, or the potential detriment of, labels. Um, right. And I've had I've had conversation around this topic, whether we're talking about racial equality or equality right. when it comes to sexual preference. My hunch in in these conversations has been that continuing to put so much emphasis on the labels is actually hurting our effort at equality, creating equality around race, creating equality around sexual preference. So I guess I'm just curious to get your take on that. What's the balance between making sure that we give significance to who someone is, but also minimizing the the separation that comes from putting so much emphasis on labels? And it's hard. It's just that this morning I posted uh, because it's June and it is Pride Month. And as I said, I hope one day we don't have to call it Pride Month. We can just celebrate everybody every day. But I posted a photo of uh, two men dancing. And if I don't put hashtag two grooms, hashtag grooming groom, you know, how will anybody know that that's a same sex wedding? And that's the part that I have a problem with. Not a problem in general, but exactly what you said. It's so hard because I want that to stand out. And if I just say wedding, it will come up in a bunch of wedding things. But I want people to know that I do same-sex weddings, that I support the community. I still have to break it down and put on there two grooms, you know, same-sex wedding, gay wedding, where when I just do a wedding, I just do wedding. So I always start off, every time I do gay wedding, I automatically do wedding. And I always write weddings all need to be, you know, weddings all need to be alike, or this is still a wedding. And sadly, that's because we're in a hashtag world. We still are breaking things down like that. Even if it's a black, African-American or white, we still call it a black and white wedding, or we call it interracial wedding. So we are doing exactly what you said. It's, it's, we're almost doing it a disservice, even though we're all trying to be inclusive, but that's right now how in the gay community, that's still how they're searching. They go in and type into Google, same-sex wedding photographers, gay wedding photographers, because that's how it still broke down. If you were looking for a photographer in Tennessee and you would go photographer in Tennessee, we, we, gay people should still pop up and gay wedding photographers still pop up. But now it's up to that couple to research. Okay. I like their work. I don't see any same-sex couples on here. Do I risk calling on the phone? Even if you only have one. And that is why Nathan, I understand people are asking for same-sex couples so they can build it up on their portfolio. But we have to find a better way to do that because that is, is kind of off-putting to the community. So I'm like you, that's, that's a hard way to, I don't know how to break it up or di- differentiate it myself. I'm still following those rules so that people can still find me and know that I'm, I'm friendly and LGBT friendly because I have to put all those tags on every photo I put up just so people know it's okay to call me. That makes sense. So I, the balance in this case has more to do with just understanding potential right. client behavior and the way that they're right. searching for photographers right. versus just simply creating distinction for the sake of creating distinction. And when they come to the photographers, usually that's where they'll start. So as photographers, we are going to be a very strong foundation if we keep creating our own wedding day team. And I'm all about a wedding day team. My, my, my philosophy is that we all go down together or we're all going to get praised together because without the florist or the officiant or the music, my whole job changes just like theirs changes, even though our photography gives them something to look at. We rely on all their products to make a good photo. So they often will come to a photographer and say, okay, we found a venue. Now, who do you like working with that is also same sex friendly or that is very gay friendly or who, who can you recommend to us? So building your team and a good list of vendors who are also share the same you know, perspective philosophy that all love is love. Right. That will help you because they will lean heavily on photographers for tell, you're going to be with me all day. Tell me who we need to surround ourselves with because it is hard because it's hard to be a florist and there's no such thing as a gay flower. So they just have to put on their LGBT friendly where as photographers, we can show or as wedding planners, they can have photos in there. Now, they can, florists can show two men or two women holding flowers. That helps tremendously. But um, it's just it's just when people call, just try to treat everybody the same way or maybe stop saying right off the bat. So where are you and your wife going to get married at? You know, and it's hard. Trust me. I, I, I accidentally still say, hey, Brian, Groom, follow me. There's times that I've had DJs and they look at me afterwards and say, hey, welcome to Brian, Groom. And, and it's just it's because that's that's what we do every weekend. You right. say the same things every weekend. Right. And the clients know this. And, and trust me, the gay community is, is used to it. But it's that initial when I first meet you, I want to gain the trust and respect of you 
then I can forgive that food faux pas at the end of my reception when you called me Mr. and Mrs. Do you feel like using the word partner is, is a good way to go about it or is it partner is good. I mean, that still works. And, and, and a lot like for, for me, I just have on there. I have couple, okay. I don't even have it two lines. I have couple and I say, what's your fiance's name? And if you do that, if you, especially on your contact form on your website, if you have couple and fiance or you and fiance, then if they write Susie and Steve, most of the time you can figure out if they write Chris and Chris, you don't know. But at least it's a it's a leeway in, and I just changing out contracts and making them all gen, less gender specific. That helps. Partner is pretty much known. That's what people people have called the gay people in the community partners forever. So that works as well. And trust me, the gay community will tell you what they want you to be calling them, and they'll help educate you as much as you're going to help be educated by them. And they're going to fall in love with you and trust you when you just say, hey, look, I'm new to this, but I totally believe in everything you're doing. How can I be of service to you and how can I help you? And it's a beautiful community to be at. I mean, let's face it, you know, some of these gentlemen can throw a party that you're going to wish that you had every single week. (laughs) And some of these girls, some of these ladies are going to have dresses that you, oh, my gosh, I wish my bride were dressed like this every day. Yeah. And because they've worked so hard to get to this point. It, it means a lot to them. You know, keep in mind that some of these guys are not, some of these couples are not going to have children. So this is going to be something they're going to spend a lot of money on. Right. And they're going to invite a lot of people. And in the gay community, especially, it's all about their guests. You will find if you're a wedding planner or a florist or one of these other categories that they're going to say to you, I want to pay for all my rooms. Or I want to make sure that this is in every one of my guests' room when they arrive. I want the meals to be this because these guests are their family and have been with them forever. So most gay weddings, it's all about off the couple, shockingly enough, difference, a little bit different than straight weddings where it's, hey, it's all about you. You're the bride, whatever you want to do. In most gay weddings, it will be take the focus off us. We want our guests to have a memorable experience. We want our guests that have supported us and have been here with us to have one heck of an evening. And we want to celebrate the fact that we're here and that we're all love each other. And that as a community, we have gathered to say, I do. And you're just as much a part of that. I do is when we say, I do, we really mean we do. And it is, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful wedding to be a part of. And I, and I hope that many, many people, We'll start getting to more of them. It's going across the country. When I speak different places, I, the number of gay weddings that are up across the country is, is I love it. And I think we're going to see more and more of it. And it's just a learning curve for everybody. We're all going to make little mistakes and do things, but open yourself up to be able to say, Hey, I'm just trying to take off the labels. Just tell me your story. And what, how can I be of service to you? for your wedding that you're letting me be a part of, which is such an honor. And, and you said it's important to be vulnerable, just kind of upfront with if, a gay couple that, Hey, you know right. what, this is, I'm new to this. Right. Um, but I, I would love to work with you and, and right. it, feel free to educate me as we go. I mean, that kind of transparency. Because they're new to weddings. They're new to weddings too. They, they're going to say to you, well, that's great. Cause we're new to weddings. So let's work together. This is what we're thinking. You know, instead of coming in as a wedding planner saying, okay, well, we're going to do this. You're going to dance with your mom. You're going to dance with your dad. Who's walking down the aisle? Are you both going to walk down the aisle? Because is the bride going to, two brides are coming down the aisle now. Is one of the brides going to stay up front? Is one of the brides going to come down? Do we have to, everybody stand up for two dances? You know, how do we, how do we do that? And the couple's going to go, well, we see it happening this way. You're a wedding planner or you're a wedding photographer. In your, in your history of what you do, how have you done that? And they're either going to go, that sounds great to us, or no, we're going to walk ourselves down the aisle and we're not going to go down together. So then everybody has to kind of learn. And again, every wedding is different. There's always, I think if you have anybody across the board, a wedding has had something like, I've never seen that before. I haven't done that before. So this is going to be the same way, only it's a learning curve for everybody. And we're all making history here. Everybody's, this is all new stuff. 10 years from now, we won't be talking about this. Hopefully it'll be something else, but it's everybody. And even within the gay community, there's still traditions that they want to do. Well, in all our weddings, we always did this. It just happens that we're two gay guys, but we still want to, do this as part of our wedding because all our brothers and sisters have done that. So it's, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to open up. And it is, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm honest as everybody else is. It's a wonderful revenue stream for your business to do that. I'm happily married to my wife of 20 plus years. And I used to get heat from the community, the straight community going, 
man, you're doing gay weddings. I used to get from the gay weddings. I can't believe you're doing straight weddings until they both collided and could pay my bills. I had to do everybody's wedding, you know? So it's, that's how, that's how you have to go at it and do it. And you have to just be honest and up front saying, Hey, I, I love you. I support you. I'm glad you're here at my desk in my office. How can my business service you? And let them tell you. Well, and, and I have to say, I also love the way when you're talking about inclusion and the way that you communicate this on your website, for example, right. the way that you did on your website is, is so simple and yet so powerful and, and it right. communicates the idea so well. So I actually want to read this uh, for those of you listening in. Again, you can go to bobbybrinkmanphotography.com. If you go to the meet Bobby section, there, there's a paragraph that starts with here at BBP, we celebrate and respect all love stories and partnerships of all genders and know they come in all shapes and sizes as do their weddings. And I'm going to continue to read here because you expand on that, but I just love the simplicity in which, and, and the way in which you communicate inclusion in just a, a really easy sentence. You build on that and you say, so whether you are ha- having an intimate wedding gathering in the park to a beachside celebration, classic cathedral nuptials to having all your sorority sisters as bridesmaids inspired by all backgrounds, religious or faith-based or non-religious, we want to embrace you, your story and your cultural traditions and document it in the most honest way, always being true to you as a couple. I mean, right. it's it, some might think That's that- simple. It, it is. It's simple. It's straightforward. And some might think that they have to take this kind of, uh, you know, kind of, well, certainly, first of all, many are apprehensive. So they may feel like they have to kind of tiptoe around the way that they word things. This is so straightforward. It's so kind and loving and open. And, um, and, and I think it's a good example for those who are looking to open up their business, proactively open up their business to, to all couples. This is a good way to go about it. Well, that's the thing. I said you can you can get a LGBTQ banner. I mean, I know that little you know those are trends. The bad badges are all trendy. But the easiest way to say is hey, everyone's accepted here. Yeah. You know, tell us your story. You know, that's the easiest way. And 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 everybody's going to want to work with you, or they're not going to work with you. And it, and I would rather know up front before you come to me that you don't want to do that. And then and I would rather know that you know that I take same sex weddings based on my website. So if you have a problem with that. I, you know, let me know of another vendor. And if you're another vendor in this industry who is not comfortable with that, I just need to know up front. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to say right or wrong. I just need to know that I won't be sending a client to you. I love working with you. I enjoy working with you. But if you are not going to be inclusive, just let me know up front. So, and it'll save everybody a lot of heartache. And again, not here to judge. We just want to build a team for all my weddings, straight, gay, interracial, I want to assemble the best team that's going to re- do the best for them, that they sit back and go, my gosh, every single person did their job. They all intertwine. And I built BBP on the foundation of teamwork, honesty, being open, being authentic. This is who I am. This is what I do. And the people on that wedding day that I want to surround myself with, here's a list of people that care as much as I do about my client, that it's not about them and how they're going to look. They want your day to be as successful as your vision that you sat around all your life and thought about whether you're gay or straight or interracial, here's a team of people. You can go out and find other vendors. You can go out and find other people. I'm happy to work with them. And I built, that's how I built the foundation of meeting all these wonderful people. But when you get a wedding day team together of people that are on the same page of, Oh my gosh, it is. How can we help you today? How can we be of service? It is such a wonderful wedding day and you don't have hiccups because everybody's there for the same reason. We've all been paid. We love what we do. Now let us do our job and you get to enjoy your day because you know that everybody there has your best interests at heart. You already mentioned that photographers should avoid kind of mechanically approaching LGBTQ weddings and, you know, putting it out there. Hey, I want to photograph a same sex couple. Let me know if you're interested. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious why that would be off putting, but what are some other kind of behavioral tendencies maybe that you've seen in the photo industry that are detrimental to creating a more inclusive environment and how can can photographers change that well i think that some of these style shoots that are going on that are the big and trendy i i really push that we see same-sex couples models in these they don't have to be a couple but at least have a have two gay grooms or two lesbians in these style shoots and we need publications publications need to be accepting to all interracial heavy brides larger men bearded men you know, we have all these places that these these couples are searching and finding weddings. People want to be able to see themselves somewhere. They want to say, okay, I'm a little bit larger bride. 
I want to find myself, oh, look, here's a whole website dedicated to that, or here's a publication. Again, labels are hard, but that's how these, that's how we are now. When we want to find something, we Google that word we want to find. So yeah. again, it's, if you want to find a Coca-Cola, you have the logo Coca-Cola. It's still a label, but across the industry, we need publications to open up. The Knot's doing a wonderful job. Wedding Wire's doing a job. They're starting to show more inclusivity. They're showing things across their banner. We need other people in this community to do so. Um, you're seeing commercials pop up right now that start talking about, we have a couple, Helberg and uh, Zales Diamonds. I've seen commercials about them showing two men getting engaged, two women getting engaged. So we're getting there. So now as a wedding industry and wedding photographers in whole, if you need to get a same-sex couple, ask around them. And I, I don't want to, I need a backup. So I, I'm not trashing somebody for announcing that, but it, it, it is off-putting. I think just in general off-putting, hey, you're looking couple models. We're looking for a model for a shoot. See who signs up and then quietly maybe talk about it and do that, but be authentic with it. You know, don't, don't do a gay shoot and, and know that these are two women and just call it a gay style shoot. Go find two lesbians. They don't have to be together. Find two lesbians, find the people that are what you're trying to sell and what you're trying to book. And I think that's going to help a whole bunch. And again, don't be afraid to show it. You know, don't take a gay wedding and then have it 99 things down your, your list of photography. Go ahead and throw it in the first four or five pictures that are scrolling through. Don't be afraid to show it. I, I book African-American weddings to this day in 2018, and I have had brides, African-American brides, tell me, I want you to know that I love your work anyway, but I was so glad to see that you actually have an African-American bride on your website in the South. Yeah. And I've also been told the same thing. I'm, I'm marrying I'm marrying a white man, but I'm, I'm African-American, and I'm so glad that you actually showed that. I love, I like people's work, but I'm not going to pick up the phone and call them because I don't know if they accept me because you're not showing it. And, it, and I, by full disclosure, maybe that, and I say to these brides, well, maybe they just never had the opportunity to photograph one. But if you have the opportunity to photograph and you're accepting it all, run it all. And that, you have 10 slides maybe going across the first part of your website, show the inclusion. And you're going to do yourself wonders if, if you want to work with, this, with those clientele. The brides want to see and the grooms want to see where they fit, and can they see you in any category that they're at? Do I see same-sex floral? Do I see sex wedding planners? Do I see bands? Who works do this? I need to be able to see a wedding and a wedding vendor that's going to accept me. So when I'm looking, your first introduction is that website or your Instagram or, heck, now just Facebook pages even, and even on the knot of the wedding wire, anywhere you advertise, simply putting all accepted here, all love stories told, whatever you're doing, those simple words will let other people go in. Okay, I can go. Cause if I'm mixed race, I know it's okay to go there. If I'm going to have a full blown Asian wedding, I know it's okay to at least call you. If I'm going to have an Indian wedding, it's okay. I'm going to call you. Like you said earlier, we don't need to write every one of these names out. It's just everyone's welcome here. And if you do Indian weddings, show Indian weddings. If you do mixed race, show them Asian weddings, tea party, whatever you're doing, have that featured a little bit on your website Again, being true to who you are and who you want to service. Well, your your insight, Bobby, has been really wonderful. I love how straightforward you are and how simple you keep everything, uh, and so practical. And your your <laughs> well, your your business and and the length of time that you spent in the industry says volumes for the effectiveness of your approach. And I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom, your advice, your perspective today. This has been huge. And I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind just sharing with our listeners where they can find you online. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times already, but just to reiterate where they can find you online, your website, social media, so that um, if our listeners have any questions, that maybe they can even reach out to you with those questions. Absolutely. I'm all, I'm, I'm up to speaking and chatting. Uh, yeah, I, I believe in elevating education and we all grow better in the industry. I'm probably not your girl to talk F stops and off camera flash and all that <laughs> stuff, but uh, I can help you if you need to. But um, you know, yes, yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Bobby Brinkman photography. Uh, I don't do a lot of Pinterest. It's, I think there's one out there and uh, my Twitter just is the same way it rolls over. Facebook is Bobby Brinkman photography as well. Um, I have a personal page, which is Bobby Brinkman. Um, but if you go to my Facebook right now, you'll see that uh, I've got the rainbow flag up there with a couple. And for for this month, I'm uh, showing same-sex couples throughout the month. Um, and I just like I do any other couples, I, I show and dictate, this is what I just did. This is who I'm happy to be working with. If anyone out there has a question, even if you have the complaints about, hey, man, she talked too fast or whatever, 
I'm happy to come and chat with you at any groups that you have or anything like that as well. But yeah, reach out. I'm happy to help. Is uh, you know, back when I started, photographers especially were not the uh, best people to call. They were all so afraid you're going to steal something. I'm not that way. Uh, if I can help you over some speed bumps or some stuffing blocks, I definitely would like to save you some years of pain so that you can have a wonderful career 37 years later and uh, money in the bank and uh, a happy life and some time off. Just, you know, be your authentic self and live the life you want to live. And, and it's able to do that as creative entrepreneurs. And social media now is allowing us to get in front of more clients and in front of more people. So um, I'm happy to take questions. Fire me off an email. Um, anything you want to do like that, I'm happy to share and chat with you. Oh, thank you so much, Bobby. You're so wonderfully kind and gracious. For those of you listening in, again, it's Bobby Brinkman Photography.com, B O B B I B R I N K M A N, Bobby Brinkman Photography.com. Same thing on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for sharing with the Boca Podcast community. Thanks for uh, the chance to talk. And uh, I tried to not talk too fast for you. My Northern ways will take over, but I, uh, I appreciate the fact that you uh, are all inclusive and that you uh, wanted to bring the topic um, to other listeners and share and everything that you do there and continue to elevate. Um, you, you should uh, get a nod and a pat on the back. Uh, not just photographers, but in the industry itself, uh, you're teaching people by the people you bring on little aspects. And it's just, it's just one thing you have in your back pocket that we can have now, like I said, just sit and listen to some of your podcasts and the chats you have with people and pick up one or two things here and there. And everybody will have, everybody helps everybody. And that's what this community is about. And uh, kindness matters and giving everybody grace. And we have to do that for each other in this industry, especially for creative entrepreneurs. Um, we're the ones that uh, make this community and uh, better and the more service and better service we give to everybody, this wedding industry and wedding photography and photography in general will continue to be moving forward and not get left behind. And the more we educate photographers to tell their clients, get your photos off these cell phones, get your photos off these computers, hold that photo in your hand, the power of photography on days that you feel really bad, pick up that photo and you remember that you were loved, who surrounded you, put that photo to your heart. And it will do wonders to make you understand just how important taking the time on your wedding day or any day to capture by a professional authentic moments that define who you are and tell your story. I thank you for doing that as with your podcast throughout. You're, you're bringing quite a good awareness to that. Well, it's truly my, my privilege, Bobby. And, you know, we alluded to this earlier, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings and, yep. and we need to treat each other as such. And anything that we can do to, to lend a helping hand to somebody else, we should be making that effort and, and focusing our, our resources, our efforts, our energy on, on that. So thank you for being a part of that, that effort here at Boca. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.